The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got the sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. Hello there, Mitch. This week on the show, we're a little late to the party, but we'll give you our takes on the Chris Paul trade. After that, we'll discuss the Jalen Smith draft pick, and then after that, we'll dive into the agency and our first signing, Jay Crowder. Follow us on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. All right, so as things normally go when you record a podcast, the big news comes out just a few hours after you get your show uploaded. So we're, we're late on this Chris Paul news. We'll keep it somewhat brief, but the trade in full is Chris Paul and Abdel Nader for Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a 2021 first, which has protections on it. So, all in all, the big story is we lose Rubio and Kelly, but we bring back Chris Paul and Nader. Let's start it off. What what kind of impact is CP3 going to have on this Suns team? Well, it's going to be good. My initial reaction to this was actually pretty negative. I was upset that we let go of Kelly and Rubio. And that pick, I guess people are saying that draft could be pretty good. The protections are heavily in our favor, but I don't know. We've seen stuff go wrong with picks before in the past. Anyway, I think overall this is very positive, though. Um, Chris Paul's really good. Chris Paul drug OKC to the fifth seed in the playoffs. And we are much better than the rest of that OKC team, minus Chris Paul. So adding Chris Paul is going to be great. It also keeps Devin Booker very happy. I guess Booker really wanted to play with Chris Paul and maybe had a little bit of say in this. So keeps Booker happy, makes the team quite a bit better, that veteran leadership, Chris Paul, he's he just turned 35, but he's still got it, definitely. He's got two years left on that deal, and the timing works out very well because once his deal is up, it'll come time for us to re-sign Aiton and Bridges. So it's good timing. Chris Paul's still great, and I think we're going to be very good. Right. I, I like the you know two years left on that deal, which gives us the flexibility to make good moves when those contracts are coming up. I I like how it all lines up. Um, About the draft pick, I'm just happy that we kept our number 10 this year, our first next year. We we have both of those. Next year is going to be a pretty hot draft class, so it's nice to have a first in there. But then once 2022 rolls around, that'll be, we'll start with those protections on them. So I'm, I'm happy that we kept 
our next two firsts and we're able to just deal that one to the Thunder who are just hungry for picks. I Do they have 20 now? <laughs> I Bare, have no idea. Barely exaggerating on that. It's, yeah. it's pretty crazy that all the flipping and flopping yeah. that they've been doing this offseason. But, you know, all in all, we lose Kelly. Um, we'll, we'll get into the free agency signing of Crowder a little later. But Kelly's going to be a big hole that needs to get filled. And... I think Chris Paul, when we we're talking scoring wise, I think he's still a better scorer than Rubio. So positive when it comes to that, but uh, and then we have Sarge to, I mean, excuse me, we have Crowder to make up the other part of that. So, uh, I, I'm just not quite sure yet on the whole situation because I think there's still some moves that are yet to be made, and hopefully they happen during this. Uh, while we're recording this so we can talk about it at the end of the show. They very well could. And, yeah, it's a good time for me to bring up apologies if you hear my phone buzz because I have my phone on. Usually I put it on Do Not Disturb when we record, but it's off right now. I want to keep an eye on it in case any moves happen. I'm actually just plugging it in right now, so get that battery life flowing and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping my phone on in case anything happens because stuff's been going quickly left and right. There's moves, signings, sign and trades, all of that. So yeah, apologies of my phone buzzes. Right on. And before we get into the free agency, we're going to do that at the end of the show here. A little more about Chris here. You mentioned that this is going to keep Devin happy getting Chris on the team because he wanted to play with Chris Paul. Another thing we need to consider is Chris Paul wanted to come to Phoenix to play with Booker, to play with Aiton. He sees Bridges and Johnson. He knows what we have cooking here, and I I bet he watched – he's a student of the game. I guarantee he watched the Suns play all eight of those bubble games. He played him in one of them, so that's a one automatic, but – he he Chris Paul wouldn't go to a team that he thought had no chance of making the playoffs. So I'm I'm just so thankful for that and as it you know goes down the line a little bit Jay Crowder comes here for 3 years on a somewhat reasonable deal. We're not landing guys like that if Chris Paul isn't here. So that's a good point. I yeah. I think that just the the whole Chris Paul effect it's going to be more than what he does on the court this year and I'll keep running with that. We've never had a leader like Chris Paul. We've never had a leader who can lead the way Chris Paul does as well as produce on the court like Chris Paul still can. We, we've had great guys in the locker room over the years. I, I Dudley. He's mm-hmm. a guy I'd like to have in the locker room because he can probably keep the team in check, but he doesn't show it out on the floor where he earns that little bit more of respect. Chris Paul is going to demand that and that's going to be good for Booker. It's going to be especially good for Aiton. And then all the other young pieces are going to, you know, fall in line and learn what it takes to get on the court with Chris Paul. Yeah, those are all really, really good points. Definitely. It's it's exciting. I, I think Aiton is going to get a lot better by playing with Chris Paul. Because Chris Paul is going to hold him accountable. When he drops a pass or misses a layup, Chris Paul is going to be in his ear. Aiton is not going to hear the end of that. And that is what Aiton needs. 
uh, we've talked about Aiton being a very good player, but lacking some discipline. If anyone is going to help Aiton gain discipline, it's Chris Paul. So all of that stuff that you said, though, combined with the renovation of the arena, the new practice facility, it's making Phoenix a very attractive destination for, for good players. Yo, that new practice facility, they've been putting out more videos on it, more information, all the tracking and analytics they'll be able to do from the practice gyms. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's yeah. definitely top of the line. And, man, it lines up real nice when you bring in a 10-time all-star to come join your team and, you know, be able to benefit from it, too. As an older guy, I bet they have a, a nice setup in the training room to make sure that he's as ready to go as possible every night. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be nice. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, tons of things to be excited about, even before the Chris Paul trade. But, yeah, Uh Icing on top with Chris Paul coming here. And let's uh, not let it get completely swept under the rug, but we also brought in Nader on this trade, who is another nice wing bench piece who will, you know, he's no Kelly Oubre, but he can fill those minutes. And he's a disciplined player. I think he's going to fit in great here. Yeah, I, I looked him up as soon as the trade happened because I had known the name, but I, you know, I can't say I watched him play a whole heck of a lot. And yeah, I, I think it'll be cool. And I also think it's cool that he's from Egypt. I didn't realize he was Egyptian. So that's really cool too. Probably not many Egyptian guys in the NBA. Yeah. I, I, not that I can think of off the top of my head, but right. yeah, I mean, why not bring Why not in? international? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's hop into the draft now. Let's talk about a guy we're going to bring in to help Chris Paul and the rest of our team. And this has been said, uh, we'll say it again, this felt very similar to the Cameron Johnson pick. But when we select Jalen Smith number 10, it was surprising. And rather than freak out, I just said, James Jones knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, if you follow us on Twitter, you saw me say, remember the Cam Johnson pick. Remember, we were all confused. We thought it was a bad pick. All of the analysts were, you know, giving us bad grades on the pick. And look at how it worked out. You know, what what we have learned about James Jones and his, his drafting strategy is he's going to find the guy he wants. And that's it. It doesn't matter if it's a reach. He got who he wanted. And, you know, the more film that I watch of Jalen Smith, the more excited I am for him. I think he's going to fit well on our team. I guess he's just like a really, really hardworking guy. He's big. He is ferocious. He can shoot the three at the same time. He wears goggles. (laughs) I think that's going to fit in very well with our team and our culture. I think so, too. And I just saw this today right before we recorded, but it was from uh, it's on Mikhail Bridges Twitter timeline. So if it was from Smith's McDonald's All-American year. So this was two years ago, but they 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 were interviewing him, asking him, like, who he likes to watch. And he actually said, I like watching Mikhail Bridges because he has that, that long wingspan and he can do so many different things. Just kind of a cool little 
throwback. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like they're gonna like these guys are all gonna fit together. And the James Jones player, who it, a big chunk of this is attitude, from what I can pick out, maybe the equivalent of three point shooting. Like if James Jones is drafting a guy, he has a great attitude, and he can stroke the three. And we, yeah. we just got a guy who's 6'10", 6'11", who can stroke the three and has a great attitude. What do you think about this, though? You've heard the term army brats? Yeah. Kids who grew up with parents in the army, maybe got moved all over the place. Right. Jalen Smith, his parents, wanted, I'm not sure who, but he's a military kid. Hmm. Think about some other guys who are military kids, too. Kobe, Shaq. Um, there, there's more. The Plumley brothers. Exactly. <laughs> you just ruined my point. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I just take that as something. Like those those kids grow up with discipline. They yeah. they need to be able they need to be able to pivot from things. They're moving all over the place. You know, they live in a pretty strict household more more or less. Uh those things build character and they build uh you know, just that need, that want to be good and to improve at things. And I that's something that I, I respect a lot, and, you know, if I, I can see that, that from Jalen Smith, the way he carries himself, and look at him when he was uh, coming into college and he weighed 195 pounds. He's put on 30 pounds of muscle now and looks like a machine out there. He's still yeah. a little thin, but, like, he's got some shoulders on him. He's He can add some muscle over time, and I, I'm just, w- without even saying what he does great on the court, I think he's going to be a great pro, and he's going to be improving every year. Yeah, I agree. And it's like I said last week, things like adding muscle, getting stronger, that can change. He has the intangibles. But look at Mikhail Bridges. Look at Cam Johnson. Those guys, even Devin Booker, those guys came into the league pretty thin, and they were able to put on weight. When you start working with an NBA strength and conditioning coach, you get a lot stronger. So, yeah, that's when when people say, "Oh, they they just need to gain weight or what?" I'm like, "No big deal." You know, look, I'm excited to see what Jalen Smith looks like in a year. You know, cuz he'll he'll bulk up, he'll get bigger, he'll get stronger. That's something you can, you know, that's something that can change. It's not like an intangible thing. Unlike attitude, you know, it's a lot harder to change a guy's overall attitude, and he's got a good one. So, it's good. Exactly. And while we're on that, the biggest knock you see about Jalen Smith around on the draft boards and draft profiles and all that, they think that he's uh, too weak in the bottom half of his body. He gets knocked out of his position easily. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think that's something we can definitely fix up. And here's another thing. A lot of people think this kid's going to be a center in the NBA. Yeah. But every time the Suns have mentioned him in on Twitter or anything like that, they've been calling him a power forward. So keep that yeah. in mind. He's 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 got the size to play center, but I'd argue he has the athleticism to play the four, and he can definitely stretch it out too. So maybe him and Aiton paired up in our front court. Ooh. Yeah, I I like that. I think that is um, somewhat of a concern just the positional kind of thing, more so on defense, I would say. Because especially right now, he's not going to be strong enough to guard a a whole lot of centers, and he might not be quick enough to guard other fours or wing players. So that could be a little bit of a concern on defense. But, you know, 
longtime listeners of the show know that I really lean more towards offense in general. If he can become uh, an average or slightly below average defender, it's fine. And I think that's very possible because uh, if you watch him block shots and how he can do it with either hand, he just looks so fluid as a defender that, I mean, yeah, if someone gets a step on him, he there's still a good chance that he'll be able to block that shot. So I, I'm excited about the prospect of him being, you know, as an off-ball defender, crashing across the lane and throwing one into the fifth fifth row. Yeah. Like, yeah. I see that happening and that being beautiful. But, I mean, if teams try to go small against us, that's a pretty nice stretch five to put out there, small ball five. Definitely. definitely. I, I like the versatility, and I like that him and Aiton – We'll be able to match up against opposing front courts kind of based on the better matchup and not who's yeah. taller. You know, it's not going to yeah. be that situation because we know Aiton can move his feet out on the perimeter and keep a four in front of him, no problem. Yeah. But then is Smith going to be, you know, big enough to protect the rim for us? Right. And he actually was a pretty good shot blocker in college. Uh, I saw a statistic about the number of blocks as compared to fouls on average, and his fouls. So he's a decently smart player too. He's not just out there swatting at everything, fouling guys left and right. He did pretty well at keeping himself under control and not picking up ticky tack fouls left and right. Right, and uh, to round it up here. The three-point shooting is something that we, we just really don't expect from a guy his size, his numbers to be quite that good. He had a big impro- improvement from his freshman year to sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not exactly sure to expect what to expect. Is this guy actually going to be a stretch four, stretch five, who's, you know, pretty consistent from the corners at least? I, I wonder where that's going to fall in because... I, I don't know. We're we're still we still haven't heard anything about Baines Sarich. Um, we added Jay Crowder. Uh, I, it's a it's, yeah, it's a tough question. I kind of look at him as just like Cam Johnson, but a little bigger. It seems like that's kind of what we're going for. I imagine he is going to shoot threes, especially knowing James Jones, knowing our system. I think he's going to be shooting threes. I also would expect Aiton to shoot a few more threes starting next year as well. I think we're going to be putting up a lot of threes. I'd say Smith is the better shooter over Aiton. Oh, what do you, yeah, for sure. Do you agree? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. It's it's going to be interesting because, man, this, this guy very well could end up being our starting four at the beginning of the year. I don't know what, what that means for Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder, but if this kid looks ready enough, he has something that those guys don't have, and it's that size. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I, I'm excited to see what he looks like, and this is this is a whole new thing for Suns basketball. We're, it is. We just drafted a guy number 10. He's not going to be – he might not even be needed this year depending if we find another center on the market. Like, we might not even need to play him realistically, especially right. if Sarge comes back. Right. But yeah. I'd love to see him play, and I hope he does. Yeah, yeah. It's a good problem to have. And Finally. 
yeah, we haven't been in this spot for a long time. And I mean, when this episode comes out, we're going to be less than a month away from the season starting. So that's so wild. It is. We're going to see all of this come together pretty quick. I know. Just think about a normal off season where you, you make your draft picks and then it's, you know, we're still a couple, a few weeks away from summer league. And then after summer league, there's that big lull where you're just itching for basketball and then preseason yeah. comes and you, you start getting hyped up again and, Right. We're it's, doing that all within a month right now. Right. And we didn't have that lull where, like, the only sport on TV is the Little League World Series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, so, and the Spelling Bee's on around the, that time, oh, the if spelling I'm correct. Bee. Yeah, the Spelling Bee, that too. Yeah. I mean, we, we basically had that in March and April when there was nothing. March, April, May, when we did get baseball a little bit into that. Right. Those games, I watched some of those games at like 3 a.m. <laughs> I, I, I did a little bit of that. I leaned more into the marble racing at the time, though. Yeah. That was my sports competition that I had to scratch, you know. Yeah, Marbula won. Yeah, that's... I, I know. I'm falling a little behind. I'm feeling yeah. bad. I'm still caught up. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, we... It's basically like we've had two off-seasons but one of them was really long and unexpected, and the other one was very short and, I guess, kind of unexpected still, too. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's been an interesting one, but we can just say basketball in a month. Regular season basketball in a month. It's pretty crazy. And uh, one last draft note before we move on to the free agency bit. Uh, the Suns got Tyshawn Alexander as an undrafted free agent. He's a wing, and he was projected to go into the second on a lot of the big boards that I had been following and mock drafts. So maybe this guy has a little something. I believe we already signed him to a two-way. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, and the thing about two-ways this year, the uh, the amount of games that they're able to come up and play in the NBA is increased. Oh, good. So I think... I think uh, you'll be seeing your two-way guys more available on your NBA roster this year, which makes a lot of sense right now. Yeah, I think so too, especially with teams who made the playoffs and are going to have guys maybe resting a little bit more or, you know, knock on wood, I don't want to see this, but maybe more injuries. Right. So I, I think it's smart to have, have those guys be able to play more games in the NBA. Okay, free agency talk time. Mitch hasn't got a notification yet, so None, it looks no, like we're just going with this. Nothing due to us, at least. <laughs> right. Okay, so the first day, well, the first afternoon and evening of free agency were pretty wild. We saw a lot of huge contracts go out. I was personally confused because I didn't know where all the salary space was coming from, but these guys were doing cap gymnastics. The Pistons signed every guy over six foot ten on the market. <laughs> it, it was wild. And Josh Jackson. And Josh Jackson coming back to De Detroit. I saw yeah. he played high school basketball in Detroit. I hope he doesn't have any bad influences in Detroit still. Just I know. Want to say that? Dwayne Casey uh, probably be on him. I yeah, I did see that that would be a good connection, and I hope I hope that works out. I don't like talking smack about Josh Jackson all the time. Right. Hopefully things do work out for him. But anyways, we see all these signings go down. Guys are getting overpaid. 
Suns fans getting a little antsy because a lot of the guys that we kind of had our hearts set on were getting signed for big money deals. So nothing all day, day one. And then we get into day two of free agency and we finally get some Suns news. Jay Crowder signs with the Suns for a three-year, $30 million total deal. And, I mean, this is just a great vet piece that helps make up a little bit for Oubre and uh, just really fits in with what we're trying to do this year. Yeah, I mean, he's got the attitude, real hard worker, you know, puts it all out there on the court, especially on defense. Played really well in the bubble. Um, I saw he shot, I think it was 54% from three on six attempts a game throughout the bubble and the playoffs. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's obviously that's not going to last. Those those are not really sustainable numbers. But, you know, he's still got it. I'm interested if he'll still wear number 99. I don't know that we've ever had a Suns player wear 99 before. But I think I think his attitude and the way he plays will be a good fit. And, you know, we're still kind of trying to find someone who's going to be the heart of the team now that uh, Kelly is no longer uh, a son. So maybe Crowder will be a guy like that. I'm also a little interested because there is some beef between Crowder and Booker. There Booker is. scored 70 with Crowder guarding him when Crowder played for the Celtics. I, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I saw that Crowder had some options. He had a couple other teams who were interested, and he went with the Suns. So oh, I did not yeah, see that. I saw that, yeah. So Did they mention what teams? No. Okay. So I That's that Chris Paul effect though. It is, it is. So yeah, maybe Booker and Crowder have made up. I don't know, but that'll yeah. be kinda interesting. I think that, you know, everybody's gonna fall in line. I'm sure those two guys are just fine. They probably joke about their their brush up that one year. I'm sure they've even joked about it since then. I'm sure it's all good. But I love guys who compete like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jay Crowder got 70 dropped on his head and said, and, like, he still felt like he could tell Booker to, like, hey, you still took the L. Right. We won. I, right. As much as I was maybe offended by that after <laughs> it happened, I mean, I love that attitude. Yeah, we got the W, though, so whatever. As a Suns fan, I honestly don't like talking about Booker's 70-point game because we lost. Right. So, well, I think I think when you get those guys in a locker room, Chris Paul leading the way, winning's the only thing that matters. That's right. That's right. And, yeah, both Booker and Crowder are going to con- contribute to a lot of wins. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not super concerned. I think it'll be fine. I just think it's a good sign that maybe he had some other options and he wanted to come play for us. Yeah, a hundred percent. That makes me that makes me feel good, and that gives me hope for whoever's going to sign as soon as we click end recording on this podcast. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. But some other some other free agency news that us Suns fans are waiting on. The Suns did extend qualifying offers to both Javon Carter and Dario Saric. So that one year deal, one year guaranteed deal, is on the table while other teams are putting in offers uh, for us to have the decision to match. So we're still waiting on that. 
and we still haven't heard a peep about Aaron Baines. There was talk about Baines, uh, the Pelicans and Baines having some mutual interest, but now they just brought in Steven Adams, so that's probably not there anymore. But, and I, I'm pretty sure this is how this can go down. A lot of teams don't have any cap space. We can sign Aaron Baines for more than whatever his hold is because we have his bird rights. So we can offer Baines more than an MLE, which he probably wants, that a lot of teams can't afford to give him right now. We could sign him to that and then pull off a sign-and-trade with someone else as long as we can get the salary to work out properly. I get a little fuzzy at that point. I haven't, I haven't looked at our updated salary sheet here, even after the uh, Crowder deal, so I really don't know. Yeah. But if if we haven't signed a point guard soon, or a, or a backup two of any sort, I don't know if uh, Carter and Payne are who we want to rely on for a playoff push. If we don't sign one of those positions soon here in free agency, I wouldn't be surprised if a Baines sign and trade is in the books. And this with this, we're going to be able to bring in someone better than what's left on the free agent market. So yeah. I'm hopeful. Yeah, so I, I think that is a very real option. I also think it's possible that we just sign him. He just he might just stay. Because like you said, we're going to be able to give him more than other teams. Other teams may be interested and want to do a sign and trade. That's great. But we might not even need to take it to that point. We might just sign him and have him stay on the team. Uh, I mean, if he wants to win... I don't know where else he's going to go. This is probably his best place to win games. So I was going to say the Pelicans were a good option for that. And he would have yeah. gotten all the minutes he could handle because, right. um, is it Jackson Hayes? He's not ready to protect the rim yet. He's not ready. No, to no. Right. Baines would so, have been, imagine Baines and Williamson in our front court. Just <laughs> people up. Yeah. Well, Steven wild. Adams and Williamson, we'll get to see that's, that. That's going to be gonna crazy. Be, it is. It's going to be. <laughs> Get the ice baths ready when you leave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Indoor, There's going to be. That's going to be Screen City down there. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I'm but, glad that, like, I have I can laugh about this and not be getting decked by those right. screens. <laughs> those guys. Oh, that's going to be rough. Yeah. But with New Orleans pretty much off the table. Well, unless we do a sign and trade them, they give us blood so back. Oh, jeez. I don't even pass around. Yeah, I'm not even going to. I might edit that out. No, keep it in there because it's I'll funny, keep, man. I'll keep it. But with New Orleans pretty much off the table, I don't know that there's going to be a better option for Baines. And like you said, most teams aren't going to have the cap space to give him more than we can give him. So... I, I think it might be possible for Baines to stay in Phoenix. Either that or we do some sort of sign-and-trade and try to get a backup point guard or shooting guard. I mean, Javon Carter, I, I think he's going to take the, the qualifying offer. I don't know where he's going to get any better options than that. So, yeah, we'll we'll just have to see what happens in the coming potentially hours. Right. And what do you think... If we keep Baines around, we offered Saric the the QO already. Um, probably let Saric walk if we plan on keeping keeping Aiton around after signing Smith and Crowder now. If we plan on keeping Baines around, right? 
Uh, that's tough because then we will have a little bit of a log jam at the backup center slash power forward kind of spot. I'd argue that you want that in a playoff run, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I would love to keep both of them because I could see us trading Baines midway through the season if we end up keeping him. Or maybe Sarge, too. Either of those guys I could see trading partway through the season. I mean, I think realistically we're probably not going to have Baines on this team by, say, the end of next week or probably sooner. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That that would be an interesting position to be in. All right. Any free agents that got signed anywhere that really took the steam out of you? Was there someone you wanted in particular? I mean, I thought it was going to be a little bit easier to sign a backup point guard. I thought someone like I, – I saw we were interested in DJ Augustine. I thought that would be a pretty simple person to to sign, and that didn't happen. I was a little disappointed by that. I think that that was mine too. That was the one that I, I was hoping Augustine would be there and, you know, for 20 minutes per game. Mm-hmm. If that. Yeah. I mean, an upgrade from Payne, definitely. It, we could still get someone, but yeah, I was a little upset by that. I was a little upset by George Hill. I was kind of looking at him. Um, Fred Van Vliet, that was a pipe dream for sure, because he got a lot of money from the Raptors. But, um, you know, kind of like, oh, what if? But, I I mean, I knew that wasn't going to happen. Right. So, I think Augustine was probably the one that was, like, a little more deflating. You know what? I almost lost my mind when Woj originally reported that Christian Wood signed a three-year MLE deal with the Rockets. Oh, yeah. I I about popped off when I saw that. Like, he's going there for an MLE. Teams weren't offering him more in the $10 million range. But, right. And then that gets retracted, and then all of a sudden he's making closer to $11, $12 million per year. Made more sense. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I was okay when I saw he was making that much. And that'll make Houston interesting for sure. Yeah, Houston is very interesting because who knows what's happening there. (laughs) Nobody knows. Yeah, yeah. But with that, we will move into the non-sports section of our show. So, quick update here. We will not be putting out an episode next week because we'll be a little bit busy. Um, I'll be getting married next weekend. So... Thank you, thank you. Pretty excited for that. We're going to take a week off for that. So, um, yeah, we we won't be releasing an episode, but we'll still be on Twitter if anything is going on that's pretty wild leading up over next week. You know, we'll definitely be tweeting, so follow us there. Uh, But our non-sports question just on that topic is, what is the coolest wedding venue you've ever been to? So I've been to one cool wedding venue in my day. I, I mean, I've I've been in some pretty pretty nice churches and you know just some nice some nice ones in general. But the nicest one was at Coronado Island. That's just right off San Diego, mm-hmm. and it was the, the beach wedding. It was beautiful. Uh, man, it, it was like it was literally picture perfect, and it, it was just really neat. The the setting was something that. 
Man, I don't know if you can beat that many places in the U.S. If you're going for a beach wedding, yeah, eh, it it was just so beautiful. And then, you know, getting to go to a little destination wedding in California and go party it up for a few days—that's always a, that's always in there too. So that's definitely the most memorable one I've ever been to, and it it was the prettiest by far. Yeah, it's a shout out Megan and Adam. Yeah, shout out to Megan and Adam. Definitely. I don't know who they are, but yeah, I, that's a nice little island. The weather is basically perfect oh, almost yeah. year-round. Yeah, I've been out there before five or six years ago. It's nice. Um, for me, it's a uh, shout out to my cousin, Desi, and her husband, Bo. Their wedding was on the opposite coast, the East Coast. It was in Virginia, and their wedding was at a cider mill out there. And it was just very, you know, rolling green hills and very scenic, uh, kind of like rustic, like farmhouse type type vibe. But nice. yeah, we got to do like a cider tasting that it was made right there in house, and that was cool. I remember the day before the wedding, we also went to a winery that was out there, that was very cool and you know close to all those historical sites, Monticello and all of that so very very just you know classic east coast kind of vibe but it was great that cider mill was awesome it was a really really nice fun wedding you know i i just love the idea of all that and the history but you know growing up in south dakota and then moving to arizona nothing's more than a hundred years old more or less right Right. Kind of missing out on some of that stuff, I'd say. It's Yeah, it's a different world out there. Yeah. My sister went to school in D.C., and so we would go out and visit. And You know, D.C. is, everything over there is so close. So you can very easily get to Virginia. You can very easily get to Maryland and Baltimore and all of those kind of places. And then it's just a train ride to Boston or New York and it's it's way different. I always liked going out there and visiting because, yeah, I mean, growing up in Wyoming, but then spending, you know, most of my life since on the West Coast and Arizona, it's way different. So. Right. I like those wide open spaces and the giant urban sprawl grid of Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy this stuff for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's where we end the show, right? Yeah. Check us out on social media, at Sunny and PHX Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram. Check out that Instagram. There might be a wedding pic on there. There, there might be a wedding pic or two. Your boy's in some suits looking that's good. Right. That's right. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, again, we'll be taking next week off. Two weeks from now on the show, we definitely want to dive into Jalen Smith a little bit more. Try to get a little bit of a better prospect of the role that he's going to be playing for the Suns so we'll be diving into him and then we'll be getting really close to the start of the NBA season then so we'll be back in full swing soon thanks for tuning in and go Suns